Time to fight like a dairy farmer. It's the This Game Where podcast with me, Chris, and... Me, Ashley. Hello, everybody. Bonjour. That was a weird one. Why? I actually mean me. I understand yours for once. My voice went all funny. Yours was a Monkey Island reference. Yeah. I, I don't. I can't think of what I'm going to say. You I want to say it was a bit shit. Execution to, was shit. There's nothing to say about it. That's what it. I wanted to well, say. Up yeah. until about 20 minutes ago, I had Press F to Pay Respects, which is a reference to mm. a COD game from 2014, and I yeah. changed it because I thought it was too silly. So it could be worse. <laughs> the whole internet uses Press F. I'd never heard of it. Hadn't you? Okay, well, it's all over Twitch and all that lot, so... And YouTubes and... It's stupid. How are you? I'm I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm fine. I feel like I I can't think the last time... Yeah, that's kind of what I'm going to say. I just feel exasperated. And I don't mean at a particular thing or about a particular thing. I just have a general air of exasperation. You just had some lovely ice cream. Why are you exasperated? I have just had some lovely ice cream. Homemade. Homemade bubblegum flavoured ice cream. It's very nice. Well, sure the sugar in that should calm you down a bit. Well, one, sugar doesn't calm you down. Mm, debatable. No, it's not debatable, is it? No one goes, hmm, I've just eaten a kilogram of sugar and I'm feeling really chilled out. Nobody does that. That's not the... Science. No. And two, I'm not high. I'm not like... Rah, rah, rah. I'm not all over the place. I'm just like slightly uh, aggrieved at something, but nothing. Was it my intro? I mean, it didn't help. It never helps. But have I asked how you are? Yeah, you did. I'm going to go with my introduction because I want to get started on this game, basically, because I'm really excited. Hang on, are we playing Monkey Island? Is that why you've done that? I've done an intro that I've tried to keep the game really um, secretive, furtive, because it's such an iconic game. So let's see if you guess he's right. So. It's this game where your character has a unique name. It's set in the Caribbean and it's inspired by a ride. What could the game be, Ashley? So we are doing Monkey Island. Which one? Right, okay. Uh, that is Monkey Island. Well, I don't know, actually. Monkey Island 2 is the one that ends with the theme park, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, the bit in the corridors, the, the theme park. Yeah, so presumably we're doing Monkey Island 1. I would have presumed that we're doing Monkey Island 1. But you could argue that they're both based on a game, or on a on a ride. Like, nothing that you've said couldn't be applied to either of them. I mean, that's a, a fair point. But yes, we are doing the first one, The Secret of Monkey Island. So, time for my first info drop. It was inspired by the ambience of the Pirates of the Caribbean ride at Disneyland. Yep. Did you know that? Thank you. Fact two, please. Chop, chop. Yeah, I knew that one. I think everyone will know that. Yeah, well, not everyone. Maybe one person might not, in which case I've just made their day better. Yeah. So have you played Monkey Island before I start doing my facts? And oh, yeah, my yeah, I have. I've finished Monkey Island a couple of times, few times. I've got the mass remaster on the Xbox 360. I've got the originals, I think, on Good Old Games or something. So, yeah, I've played it a bunch of times. I was late to the party. I imagine that you played this when it came out on your uncle's PC. What, in 1990, when I was four? Yeah. No? Did you not no. play it? What I, re- what I meant was sort of more contemporaneously I, I, than I did, yeah. which is I, I played it sort of 2003, so for the first time. Okay, I was a little bit before then, but not much. I think I played this in 2000 on my uncle's PC, as you've uh, okay. So my relationship with adventure games, as has been talked about before, is Discord was the first game of this genre that I played and really enjoyed. And then started looking at other games that were in this genre, point and click. And Monkey Island was the one that had lots of buzz, justifiably. So mm. I asked for Christmas, I think it was, maybe 99 or 2000. And I got this pack that had the first and the second games together. Bizarrely, it was in this, you know how the PC games were in that enormous packaging that, you know, phenomenally yeah, big. Yeah, massive CD. big box games. You know why they did that, don't you? Was it to physically just take up more room and look more impressive? Yeah, that's it. They It was so that they could have as much shelf space as possible because of the shop. tiny little CD. Yeah, in the shop. Yeah. Oh, I meant physically on the bookshelf or CD shelf or game shelf. Well, it was to get bought. It was to try and get things bought, basically. That right. is I the reason that, that they had such big big boxes. So it's overcompensating, almost. Sort of, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, so link back to that then. So the, the, the pack I got, it was Monkey Island 1 and Monkey Island 2, which was uh, mm. the Chuck's Revenge. And one game was in one of those massive boxes. The other game was in one of those massive boxes. And they were t- housed together in this enormous <laughs> red sleeve. So f- Super duper box. Side by side, not even like one behind the other. So physically, it took up wow. loads of room. You can only imagine how much space. Because if you go at like a game shop, 
generally game shops aren't that big, are they? No. All the ones that I've had experience of, they were always sort of a single unit in the local, what do they call them? Shopping centres. I've forgotten. I've been, I've not been to one for so long. Down the precinct. I forgot what it was called. Yeah, the precinct. That sounds like police, doesn't it? Like eating donuts down the precinct. <laughs> I don't know. A sting. <laughs> yeah. Roxanne. No. <laughs> the other police. Weird. The other other police. Yeah, they always were just a single unit. So if you think how much that those boxes, they were like big A4. They were like a ream of paper. Mm. That was the size of them, basically. So you put two of those together and that's basically a section of the shop. Like that's the entire first shelf, the top shelf of the PC area taken up with just that one pack of games. Yeah, yeah definitely. And at that time, they were 10 years old as well. It's yes. a bit cheeky. It's very bizarre. It was it was called mm. the White Label range. I had a few other games. I had Toonstruck in the White Label range as well. So it was like a, a budget re-release. Was it not called... Were they the boxes with the orange motif? So it was a white box with an orange motif. Because I thought they were sold out or something. No, sold out. That's a different budget range. The White Label was... It had like a, almost like a, a packaging stamp that said White Label in the like, sort of the bottom right-hand corner. Okay. And then the Monkey Island one was in the White Label range, but in a red box, which is kind of counterintuitive but there you go <laughs> yeah you mentioned toonstruck toonstruck is a fantastic game yeah that's um on my list to play at some point in the future because it is amazing one of the games that i played at my next door neighbor uh who is fifa guy right okay his house okay so, so yeah i i know i know there. well yes and no because he was picking these things up at random off store shelves i'm not complaining because i played enough decent games out of that scenario that it was all right but i still don't credit him <laughs> with knowing what he was doing if you know what i mean just a bit willy-nilly yeah he was a massive willy-nilly nice so we've both got history of the game which is good we've both got a bit of familiarity so the game was released in 1990 came out from lucasfilms games and was conceived in 1988 by ron gilbert mm-hmm and it was designed by, or designed with, sorry, Tim Schafer. Mr. Schafer. And the third one. It's a bit like the uh, the moon landings, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. It really is. That's a really good comparison, actually. Makes a lot of sense. Dave Grossman was the third man. And he, yeah, uh, sort of went into, well, he ended up working for Telltale and ended up doing some of their games with them. Right, okay. So there were, were some chops there. But Dave Grossman, yeah, definitely the uh, Michael Collins of the landings. Oh, no. Are we being mean? <laughs> I'm not, you know, casting dispersions on either Michael Collins or Dave Grossman. Michael Collins did a fantastic job. Dave Grossman did an amazing job. Well, well done. I have I, no... I think the point is that your average man on the street uh, wouldn't... Doesn't know them, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is a travesty. It is. Of, of history. Yeah. We're on the same page. We're not being mean. No, Good. not at all. No. It was the fifth game designed with Scum, which was the script creation utility yep. for Maniac Mansion. Now, I don't really understand what Scum is. Do you? Right. Yes, I do. So Maniac Mansion. Have you played Maniac Mansion? No, I haven't. It's one of the games I bought. Yeah, going back to what I said a few minutes ago about Discworld, and I bought Monkey Island. And then, as mm. I've also mentioned this episode, I bought Toonstruck, Broken Sword, quite a few other adventure games. And, and you I, bought Maniac I, Mansion? I bought Maniac Mansion and Day of the Tentacle in a double yeah. pack well, ma- and never played either of them. Because Maniac Mansion is in Day of the Tentacle. Right, there's a built-in no, no, no. version I, of Maniac Mansion in Day of the Tentacle. I bought, it was Day of the Tentacle and Simon Max and I never oh, played either of right. them. Oh, no, that's a shame. So Maniac Mansion's the like the start of it all, if you like. It was a one of those games that you might be more, f- certainly British people um, in the early 90s. Yeah, I think I can say this with some credence. British people in the early 90s were more likely to come across a game like Maniac Mansion in a school setting on a BBC Micro than they were actually to play it on their own home PCs because they weren't 10 a penny, really. I know that we had like the Commodores and all of thems. All yep. of them ones um, that, that we missed out on to some extent. Yeah, yeah, the Amstrad. But they still weren't They still weren't very, very common. You know what? I'm going on a massive tangent to just say this, right? It's a... <laughs> it's a <laughs> Is it one of those games where you have to type in a command? So you say, pick up uh, this or, right. or open this or close this. So you have to close and you have to put it in, in, a, in exactly the right words, the, the exact right phrasing for it to, for the code to pick up what you want to do. The parser. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
That's right. The ones that I'm familiar with, as, a, as I've sort of alluded to, they were on the BBC Micro that we would play in an educational setting at school. And I hadn't played Maniac Mansion again till well into the 2000s when I played Day of the Tentacle and it's built into Day of the Tentacle. The Scum Engine is taking that interface, that idea of saying pick up blur, put down blur, throw blur and actually turning it into a graphical user interface right you know that monkey island has those nine i think is it yes boxes at the bottom and they've got the commands the open close and so on that's what scum did that was the innovation of, of the scum engine right it made graphical what was previously not graphical so maniac mansion was the first game to do that is that right no maniac mansion was the first game they made <laughs> oh because it's called script creation i'm with you now yeah <laughs> Sorry. Good. It's been a long day. <laughs> you said it. I know. So <sighs> we've mentioned it a few times already. This is a point and click game. Yeah. The plot of the game is you are a pirate, well, a wannabe pirate called Guybrush Threepwood. Literally, the, the very first line in the game is basically an elevator pitch. He appears on the screen and Guybrush says, Creepwood. My name is Guybrush Threepwood and I want to be a pirate. That is the game, which I think is really clever. And because it's him wanting to be a pirate, a pirate? Because it is him seeing what's happening, you are and learning about it. You are then on that journey with him, and I'm, I'm sure yeah, I so know there's, an a, there's a name. That's it, Avatar. Can't remember what the name of it was. I'm, I, I thought you'd know. So when you think of Monkey Island, what is your kind of overriding memory? Right. Well, probably different to yours because for me, my uh, actually, and this is a hands held high in the air situation. My first Monkey Island game was actually Monkey Island Four. Okay, the which, Black Sheep Did you series. play Monkey Island? Yeah, well, there's, there are, there's that one. It depends on who you talk to, because people sometimes cast aspersions on number three as well, Curse Monkey Island. I really liked number three. I did as well. I thought mm. it looked really beautiful, the yeah. way that it's animated and drawn. And I think it held up its end of the bargain when it came to the comedy and humour as well. I mean, it looks like a, like a Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah, exactly. It did. It really did. It was gorgeous. And that's what people don't say about it. In my experience, people tend to say that, oh, it's not one or two two because one and two are held in very very high esteem yeah and curse monkey island comes off badly off the back of that monkey island 4 people don't like but it was my first monkey island so maybe there's some nostalgia going yeah uh, into it but i actually quite liked it i think it was a bit shonky in that it had tank controls it was 3d like wasn't it grim fandango and it was the first 3d monkey island game yeah it controlled like grim fandango so okay. you had the spin on the spot and then move That's in the direction move forward fine isn't it people didn't like that but it had i think it had some fun puzzles but i know that i'm flogging a dead horse to some extent trying to sell people on monkey island 4 but a lot of my memories of it to answer your question of the series are tied into that being my first okay. experience of it and you said you played the first one in 2003 around about that time yeah okay. because it was off the back of monkey island 4 that i played it so you did four and then went back to one and then worked forwards from there did you yeah excellent yeah which makes sense doesn't it yeah it does yeah absolutely and then when five came out first of the episodic telltale games we had that we've played through that as well that was one of the first playstation 3 games that we got for that so i do actually have a history with the with the series specifically monkey island one itself What's your memories of that then? In in terms of that, I've played it, as I say, sort of 2003 and then later again when it was remastered. Mm -hmm. And so again, my memories are probably a little bit mixed up on it. Right. But in terms of my... I've basically been indoctrinated into the into the Monkey Island fan club. Do you know what I mean? Yep. So when I, when I think back to my experience of Monkey Island the first time I played it, I feel like there's probably an element of reprogramming that's taken place because I am fair fairly sure you drank the grog. that I would have yeah exactly copious amounts of it I'm fairly sure that I probably would have in 2003 had a little bit despite not being hung up on graphics had a little bit of a problem adjusting to the graphics yeah because the graphics are very much like early ms dossy 16-bit vga fair yeah one of the facts i found out earlier was when it first came out on ej it only had 16 colors and that's one yeah. of the reasons why guybrush has a white top and black trousers was simply because mm. it was a simple color and that it could stick out against mm. the backgrounds yeah i remember moving around the map 
yeah. being particularly and I, I feel like I'm being moany about it but I don't I, I remember these things fondly I remember sort of him moving around the map as like about six pixels yeah I mean to be fair for six pixels it looked pretty good <laughs> <laughs> it did a good job of representing a man running around an island yeah but at the same time it was six pixels or thereabouts my fondest memory of the game the thing that comes to mind straight away for me is the insult sword fighting yeah well this is what I'm trying to avoid saying because oh, that is, it is what everybody loves isn't it no no it's not an elephant in the oh, room okay. I thought you were o- other than the fact that everybody everybody talks about insult sword fighting it's great. and that's why uh, it's the puzzle of the game isn't it really i suppose rightly so because you've got to go through a number of steps in order to be equipped and capable of winning haven't you yeah so there's a decent amount to get stuck into with that particular puzzle in terms of what i actually like so i've had a bit of a moan about it i like the general humor of it i like the general tone it sets it's not the goonies but it's tied into that kind of 80s adventure film genre or aesthetic that i really enjoy and a lot of people of our age and generation do enjoy as well it's like a gamification I think of that and I enjoy it for that reason apparently Ron Gilbert Tim Schafer and Dave Grossman all had quite different senses of humour and a lot of the game was them just throwing ideas at each other and one of them was running to Monty Python and I can see links between Monty Python and this definitely those three different senses of humour all came together to form this game which I agree is very very funny um, I, I mm, can remember yeah. bits of scripts um, off by heart and it still makes me laugh now I'm not a off by heart person I don't remember things <laughs> i don't remember things at the best of times i never mind memorizing parts of scripts it always marvels me that people can or do do that it's more the insult sword fighting really the way that the the, the reposts uh, bounce off each other yeah i can remember portions like literally i can remember like three three words out of one of the lines right how fitting okay. you fight like a and then Cow. i can't remember the actual yeah exactly there you go <laughs> so that is one isn't it how fitting you fight like a how appropriate. How appropriate, sorry. Uh, it's something about you look like a milkmaid. It's you fight like a dairy farmer. That was the reference right at the start of the episode. That's why I put it in. <laughs> at the start of the episode, I mentioned this whole link with Pirates of the Caribbean. Now, when this game became popular, there were rumblings about there being a film version, which never really took off the ground from what I could see in my research today. And then obviously Pirates of the Caribbean came out. And the first Pirates of the Caribbean film, I think is really good. You're pulling a face. It's- no, I, I do. I agree. I, I haven't watched it for a game, probably a decade. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed the first film. So we're on the same page with that. It's just that I'm not sure that 10 years down the line, I would feel the same. I always felt that was, to one's intents and purposes, a Monkey Island film. I'd have preferred to get an actual Monkey Island film, if I'm honest. With the checkered history of video game to film adaptations. Yeah, I know. I, there is that problem, but I mean a, a, a good one. You know, if we had an option of having a good version of Monkey Island or the Pirates of the Caribbean film, I would imagine that I would go for the Monkey Island film. Largely because of what I was saying previously about the aesthetics of the game being tied into, at least for me, those 80s adventures. Yeah. I think there's an element of, ad- that, I mean, obviously, Pirates of the Caribbean is an adventure romp. Yeah. But I think it's so overblown in a way that 80s adventure films weren't necessarily that and I mean budgetary uh, budgetarily it's overblown and the costumings like just pitch perfect and all that I think that there would have been there was room for Monkey Island to do something with a film that at the time that they were mooting that idea that Mm. would have been at least for me more fitting of the game itself than than Pirates of the Caribbean ended up being I suppose if they had to the film of the game it's quite a good you know like I said this this whole it's the rags to riches story of Guybrush Threepwood but then you've also got that love story with Elaine Marley and then you've got the the evil ghost pirate LeChuck who is I think quite a good baddie I do I think that would make would make quite a good film I think so too tonally I think it has more in common with uh, Muppets Treasure Island than it does Pirates of the Caribbean yeah that's fair I don't know what you think well just um, while I'm talking about the ghost pirate LeChuck so they decided to incorporate these ghost elements because Ron Gilbert had read a book that was about uh, pirate ghosts called On Stranger Tides, which I thought was quite interesting because that then became, I think, the fourth Pirates of the Caribbean film. So almost everything all ties up in itself and almost uh, just links together really nicely. Except for the fact that On Stranger Tides is a pile of barnacles, isn't it? A pile of barnacles, that's very polite. I gave us the third one. I meant dog barnacles. Oh, those type of barnacles. We, <clears throat> when we went to see the third film, this, so I didn't, I didn't 
jump off the bandwagon for Pirates of the Caribbean. Me and my friend went to see the first, uh, the third film when it came out at the, uh, at the cinema when we were at uni. And the first attempt to watch it, we had to leave because the sound was broken. It was just coming out of the front speaker. Right. And then we, we, we went and complained. We got our money back. We went and had a drink and then came back to watch the film. The film was so bad that we'd wished that we hadn't <laughs> gone back. So I can't remember anything about the third film at all other than just mm. watching it, wishing I wasn't watching it. Yeah. I don't have that experience very often with films. Even with films that I don't like, I tend to not enjoy the experience. I tend not to feel like boredom or frustration or annoyance. I can get through films for the most part, even if they're not films that are for me. Mm-hmm. There are only a handful of times where I felt genuine anguish at being in a cinema or in a, in a film viewing experience. The first one was probably it in fact it was it was it was Pirates of the Caribbean 3 the second one was The Golden Compass yep. which was around the same sort of time actually and the third one was Alice in Wonderland Oh, the yeah. Disney version with Johnny Depp. So, yeah, the, I mean, the, he's in two of the three. The first one. Yeah. yeah I mean, I haven't watched the second one. No. I was actually bored. I, I yeah. was sat in the cinema at 40 minutes in going, fucking hell, I wish this would end. Well, it was um, shocking. That was my reaction to it as well. I didn't like it as well. But loads of people rave about it. It's one of the biggest grossing oh, films of all terrible. time as well, which I, I yeah, do not understand. No, personally. I don't understand it. So the game itself deliberately has simple and accessible gameplay, which was a reaction to sierra games such as really? king's quest yeah because in king's quest why what's inaccessible about king's quest well ron gilbert felt that the games had these dead ends and you thought your character could die in them as well and he mm, felt okay. as a player that wasn't an enjoyable experience for him so the game was made to have there's one point where guybrush can die but he is is that rescued. the 10 minutes underwater no no there's a bit where you fall off the, a cliff on monkey island oh it's the rubber tree plant yeah the rubber tree yeah which is done as a dig at sierra games right yeah the dying underwater i think is if he is he stays under for th- over 30 minutes but you know no, it, one... no it's 10 i thought he can hold his breath for more than 10 minutes he shows off about it in the game and then if you you end up at one point off the side of the pier and if you stay underneath the yeah. water for more than 10 minutes you can die there as well i think it's 30 because in in the in the is third really? one, in the third one there's an easter egg where you can go back and you can as as guybrush from the third one and you see guybrush from the first one he's still underwater yeah. i mean that's more than 30 minutes as well so that's continuity errors no, 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 abound the point is that he's still underwater i think his face has gone like a bluey green color and it's that he oh right yeah yeah i don't remember that if i'm honest i don't remember that at all drop of the that's music nice that's cool um yo ho ho and a bottle of rum hey sea shanties are big at the moment aren't they have yeah, you seen all that on, on the tiktok so i don't know if that was factoring into your decision oh, at yeah, the moment definitely. yeah i know bunch of sea shanties if you want to have a sing song at the end the music is dubbed pirate reggae for the game okay yeah i so it's got like a calypso type yeah. sort of vibe i really like the music for this game oddly i can't remember the music <laughs> Pirate Reggae. But I say oddly. Sums it up really well. It's got a real nice bounce to it and a, a great. I think Calypso, that, that thing you just said, I think that's a good a good mention. Yeah, like with steel drums and stuff. Yeah. My final fact before I think we start playing is that when it shipped, when it launched, it shipped on five floppy disks, just thinking back to last week's Final Fantasy VII episode. Oh, 30 it would have been, yeah. wouldn't it, on the, on the double D. Five floppy disks and yeah. it came with a, a sixth disk. Sixth? Yeah. Disc number six. It was a round disc with pirate faces. Right, I'm with you now. Yes, the the anti-piracy pirate-themed measure. Yeah, which is one of the best DRM measures I think I've ever seen. Unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, it has meant that people had a hard time pirating it in the future because they didn't have the disc. But, I mean, that was easily overcome. So the explanation of that, for those that aren't sure what, what we're talking about, it was a wheel that had was it just the eyes the nose and the mouth of different pirates and you had to physically swivel the discs around to match up a a face or something yeah you'd get a prompt on the on the computer that would then prompt you to to spin the discs and match the face and then you'd have to match the face from the disc on the game in order to be allowed to play the game the hoops we used to jump through yeah absolutely (laughs) that was all gone by the time i played it as well by the way that drm measure was just gone yeah i've never actually experienced it firsthand you mentioned it to me 
a couple of years ago now and I had no idea what you were talking about and you mm. sent me a YouTube video of it because the, the version I played was obviously on a CD-ROM and was was all good. Yeah. And it, it also led to in the game itself, there's a bit where you go into a, there's a tree stump and if you look at it, Guybrush mentioned something about going inside it, but you need disc number 36 and then disc number 116 um, just as a, as a reference to the fact they have these five floppy disks. And apparently people phoned up Lucasfilm Games and said, I need disc number 36. And so, uh, yeah, <laughs> just give you a sense of the sense of humour of the game. Right, well, I've got the music bouncing around my head. That seems like a good point for us to set sail for Melee Island. Yes, sir. Let's go. I should have done a pirate thing then, shouldn't I? Never mind. Should I do it again? Yeah. I, 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 I no, quite, it's all right. I've I got quite it. proud of that. Are you going to cut that bit no, in? No, it's all right. Yeah. Good, good man. <laughs> I'm going to... Let me do it again. Yeah. <laughs> We uncovered the secret of Monkey Island. Did we? I missed that bit of the playthrough. Well, you elaborated on that to me, the theory. Yeah, I thought we were going to I thought we were going to talk about it later on, but we're we're no, jumping straight, right into it from the beginning. Straight with okay. the big guns. I'm not going straight into the big guns, so we'll have two different conversations. You can talk about <laughs> that, I'll talk about did you? How did you feel going back to it? Really good. Really enjoyed it. The the weird you're thing you're doing it wrong, Chris. Where you're, I'm supposed to ask you a question related to my conversation, then you're supposed to respond with something related to your conversation, which is about the crazy theory. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, no, it was never good. mind. We're, we'll do it. We'll do it the way that I want to do it. Then the proper way. How did you feel going back to it? Yeah, brilliant. Muscle memory. I knew exactly what to do for each puzzle we looked at tonight. Like, oh yeah, I need to yeah. go to the, the fork in in the forest and get the flowers to drug the dogs, which doesn't sound great, but that's one of the very first puzzles <laughs> in the game. And no. and then I need to get the saucepan to launch stuff out the can, etc. It it was like suddenly back into a comfy old pair of slippers again. How about that? Yeah, that's what I think. Well, for people that aren't me, because I forget whole chunks of these things. I I think I might have some form of early onset something bad. Right, great. Because uh, I I do genuinely drop. It just drops out of my memory, but. Hannah, I think it was a year before, actually, Hannah played through Torrin's Passage. I do remember me, I think yeah. I told you about that. And it was the same for her with that. Like she, she turned it on, everything kicked in and she played through it super quick and just knew it every little beat and every puzzle element. I must have played this game a lot though, because, because of that, more than I thought yeah. I did, if that makes well, sense. Well, I don't know. It depends. We create very strong ties as children to certain things. So talk a bit more about my wife. For Hannah, those adventure games, including Monkey Island and Torrance Passage, they're very, very strongly tied to her being at her granddad's. And right. uh, when she talks about it, she doesn't just talk about the game. She talks about where his computer was and and sort of sitting under the stairs at his computer with, with the family sort of in the living room, which was attached. You don't need to know about Hannah's granddad's front room. So she talks about being at her granddad's playing the games. You talk about being at your uncle's playing the games and on his PC. Yeah. And there there feels like there's a similarity there, like your two children having your first sort of gaming experiences or some of your first gaming experiences at a family member's house. Um, And I think there's probably some element of like strong memory making in in the circumstances of you playing that game, which is why you both have such strong memories of such vivid memories of how to complete the puzzles no, and stuff. I, I think that sounds fair. The, the malleability of uh, those memories, perhaps. The permanence, I would say, of those memories. Um, they've been... They were, so, they were made so strongly in the first place. Yeah. The impression has, has lasted. Okay, what was your... Uh, reaction to playing against night then so i don't conversely i don't have the strong attachment that you and that hannah and that a lot of people do to this game uh, i played number four that was my first my first uh, monkey island experience coming back to it it feels actually like there are bits missing so the thing that really struck me is that actually there's no voice acting and in my head 
I had retroactively placed voices into their mouths. Because I don't of know... playing the fourth one that had the voice acting. Yeah. So, well, going from the fourth one to this, the first one, I already had a sense of who Guybrush yeah. Streetwood was and his voice and so on. But did they do voice acting in the remaster? So the special edition of this, which came out July 2009, which I do want to talk about a bit later on, does have the voice acting in, added into it. And it's the voice actors who were used for the third one onwards. So that'll be why I feel like it's missing, because I was playing the like the actual original version today i was playing the vj not the original original but the it was the vj version for on MS-DOS. whereas the last time i played this it was the remasters on the xbox 360 so right. there's there are certain additions like sound effects and voices that weren't there today that are not that in my head were there aside from that though aside from that lack that i was feeling i feel like it was a good experience and i'm surprised just how playable it still is yeah I definitely be. i knew it was going to be but it just feels real nice to play and that's not coming from a nostalgic point of view because as i say i've i'm going to great lengths or hopefully i i've gone to long enough lengths to make it clear that i don't have that nostalgic attachment it's got nothing to do with with that this game is just pretty buttery the thing that struck me with the playability when we started playing it tonight was you start off and you're given these three quests to solve Hmm. to find this find this find this and to become a pirate yeah but you could then do them in any order and i think mm. other adventure games at that point it'd be very linear and this it didn't have that which i think is to its credit because you could start one quest and then maybe get to a point where you're a bit stuck and then think right I'll yeah. put that to one side for a bit let's pick up another thread which is great and i think the open map as well that mm. you can explore it a lot more it made monkey island feel like a tangible place so yeah. i i really bought into this idea of this is a quest this is actually happening yeah i think i agree with all of that it's very evocative the scene setting both on the island level and on the individual scene level each place feels like it fits into each other place so you start off on the precipice with the old man yeah. and you come down the cliffside into the to the bar which is on the pier or the jetty or whatever from there you go into the streets and onto the mansion and so on all of that feels like a very coherent space that yeah. is like it, it all exists together and it and it feels right that it's all together. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And then when you zoom out onto this island level, when you're looking at the island itself, it feels very sprawling. And the fact that they make you, it's not just like, say, in um, Broken Sword. In Broken Sword, if you go from one place in Paris to the next, you don't actually do the traveling. In Monkey Island, it actually has you travel <laughs> so you actually watch Guybrush march across the island yeah he does it very quickly but I don't think that undermines the point the point is that he is actually shown traveling across the island that it has that it is a physical space that he has to traverse to get from one place to another Definitely. which has an impact on how you certainly how I feel about it being one cohesive world or island and even that street area when you're exploring that mm. because you were going to the backgrounds area to get to the next bit Guybrush's sprite physically got smaller gradually as she went into the background, which again, yeah, it was a yeah. really so clever effect. He was dealing with that idea of space on a on both a sort of psychological level and on a, on a technical level. They were underpinning it on both uh, fronts. Isn't it the Z-axis in terms of filmmaking? Is that sense of you going further away from the camera or towards the camera? Yeah, it would be, yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And then linked to that sense of atmosphere you talked about, the music, which I mentioned in the first half, this pirate reggae. I think the music mm. is, is phenomenal. It, it suits the game so well and it's so evocative. And for me, it was such a blast from the past to hear it again tonight. Mm. It, it was like I listened to it yesterday. Yeah, I, I just had a thought, actually, and it does tie into what you were trying to launch us into that I... Uh, took us away from so we were talking about why certain things were the way they are it started off when we were playing we were talking about melee island tm trademark and yep. the fact that the uh, the monkey island is trademarked as well and what that meant which led us on to the the theory well i think that it's a very good theory and it hangs together pretty well so the theory of what the secret of monkey island actually is yeah so for those people that don't know the first and second games were done by ron gilbert and then he cut ties and the third fourth fifth games were done without him and he has gone on record saying that they went off in a direction that he would not have taken the games mm. into had he have done a third one ron gilbert uh, planned the whole thing out so that the secret of monkey island was not given to you and he has never 
said what the secret of monkey island is he's never explained mm. what that ending for the second game meant therefore mm. people have been making theories which is what you've talked about this evening during well, our playthrough yeah i think the the what i was explaining to you is that the idea was that off the back of the end of the second game there are lots and lots of suggestions that tie into the idea that this is that that both the first and the second game take place in the imagination of the young boy that is pretending to be Guybrush Streetwood and that everything that takes place is actually a game that he's playing with his brother in right. a theme park which is where it we picked up with the trademarked island names and the way that fits in is that the you know like if you go to Disney World you've got Pirates of the Caribbean and Pirates of the Caribbean is a trademarked property of Walt Disney so yeah. Melly Island and Monkey That's Island right. and so on they are all trademarked IPs or properties that tie into this big theme park world that Guybrush and his brother are running around in. And I suppose the first line of the game being, my name's Guybrush Threepwood and I want to be a pirate. That is yeah. the sort of thing you're actually kids saying, really. Yeah, exactly. There are a few different things, even in the first sort of few minutes of the game that you experience and that you could say sort of lend credence to the idea so the fact that the men of low moral fiber who are in brackets pirates that you meet in the in the street scene that you get the minutes the pta minutes off them yeah and two pieces of eight they say he you ask them are you pirates which again you can imagine a little boy running up to entertainers in a theme park and going are you pirates and they then play along or whatever they respond to him in quite a cynical way they say no we are we're a circus troupe and then one of them goes shut up and sort of gives the other guy a clout and then they get back into being pirates so that seems a little bit that's a little bit suspect in the world of monkey island because you've also got this this person's broken character and has hinted to the child yeah. yeah absolutely yeah and again you can imagine you know like how there's this stereotype i guess of the workers in theme parks who are a little bit like they've wasted their saturday go having to go to work to give other people enjoyment and fun and yeah. they're quite cynical downtrodden characters you know well it depends on um, theme park. so that's kind of where I've got a friend who used to work at Disney World, I think it is, yeah. in Florida, and it's all very polished and slick, and it's this oh, whole yeah. thing about, oh, you, oh, yeah. you know... It, you have your game face, yeah. Yeah. I, I know I know that Disney World is a whole different ball game. I'm thinking about, like, Alton Towers. You go to Alton Towers, mm. or more so, actually, Pleasure Island, which is a former local theme park that was... 10 miles from where I live and I had friends that used to go and work there when we were in college and I know I know exactly how they felt about working there <laughs> and just how much energy they put into their performance uh, right. in in Pleasure Island uh, and actually interestingly that was a theme park that was pirate themed there you <laughs> in, go. in uh, certain areas it's sort of like that like they're so they're so downcast about their job and what they're doing with their life that they they kind of are quite cynically ruining things for the kids that are running around their theme park that's the way i think of the low moral fiber guys when i worked at a cinema while i was at university we had to say a similar sort of thing we had to say enjoy the film at every opportunity yeah. to yeah uh, guests they weren't called customers they were guests and when it mm. was a really bad bullshit film, I used to amuse myself. Enjoy by, the film. <laughs> no, 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 no. I used to say endure the film because if you say it quickly, it sounds like enjoy the film. Oh, and I used to God. just, you know. Whatever gets you through the day. Whatever yeah, gets well, you through the day. It, it really genuinely, did. I completely sympathize uh, with anyone that's in a job that they are less than thrilled with. Let's leave it at that. The circus itself, actually, the fact that there is a circus that has been set up in the back of, you know, in the, in the middle of the woods on this island that again is the sort of thing that you might find as a sideshow at a theme park so and then the last one was the the pirate that i bumped into that said that had a conversation with guybrush and guybrush said why do you guys always speak like this and the pirate Ah, said that's how they all spoke back then join along something to that effect and the fact it was back then i thought was an interesting word choice which we'd we'd already talked about the theory at that point so that's really for me guybrush or something like that come on something on those lines yeah there are lots of them we won't go through them all so if you wanted to find out more about that i'm sure you could find all manner of weird and wonderful monkey island fan sites and websites oh yeah these theories pre-existed youtube so um there are some really really good fan sites that go into immense detail about all of the different intricacies that go into 
these theories so i i would actually recommend going and finding one of those yeah, through google yeah, as definitely. opposed to doing it on youtube because you'll, you'll get a much better sense of the game and its fandom than if you if you go to youtube actually it's great that rod gilbert has never actually said whether people are right or wrong or actually revealed the secret of mankind itself i think it, it's brilliant that maybe one day a, a, a true third game might be made possibly mm, i don't even think i one i don't think that'll happen i just no, don't I think don't. It will happen. I'm, I'm grasping at straws no i don't think it's i, I think it's a fair thing to a fine thing to say i don't think it will happen but i think that it comes to this idea of like the author giving away their work and then once in the open air it it can brew up as as people want it to it's got nothing to do really with the author there are directors that do the same thing film directors that do the same thing once the film is out it's the domain of other people to theorize it's nothing to do with them and you're only ruining the experience if you the more you tell people, the more you make it concrete, the less happy people will probably be mm. with the yeah. answers that they're given. So, yeah, I think it's it's just a smart move, isn't it, to talk yeah, about it? Yeah, it is. As little as possible, I think. Something I'm not very good at doing. Can I also just apologise to you because it was 10 minutes for the holding the breath. That was mentioned yeah. fairly early on, so sorry. Yeah, I knew that, but there's no point in... Uh, how how much time can we spend on a podcast going back and forth? You going, no, I think it's 30, and me going, yeah, I think it's 10. <laughs> but I knew it was, and I figured it would come out in the wash. Yeah. But thank you for the apology. That's fine. You um, don't need to apologise. Stunning. The the game itself looks fantastic as well. Yeah, there were lots of... It, like, pixel art just mm. done beautifully, and... For some reason, in my head, I had actually diminished that element of the game. I thought that it was going to look a lot uglier than it actually does. It just looks really, really nice. The scenes on the jetty with the water and the moon shining over the water, that was gorgeous. I can't believe the amount of work that must have gone into this game to make it look so good. Yeah. Because it really does. And then you you were marvelling over the Chuck, the, the, the fact that this character, this ghost... The transparency of him. Yeah. Yeah just in one and color the fact and that blue. the whole scene is basically blue and black mm. yeah and, and yet there's so much character in the truck himself and in the setting and then i remembered while we we're talking about that i remembered a book i've got called point and click by an artist called andrew scaife mm. s-c-a-i-f-e who has uh, done these homages to monkey island where he's done a pixel art version of loads of different tv shows so yeah it's at random uh, there's one that's breaking bad and it's done where you've got the the nine verbs from monkey island and they're all written in a font that's that's reminiscent of breaking bad and then the items in the bottom right corner are all things from breaking bad and there's one for parks and recreation there's one for lost there's one for doctor who uh, it's a really lovely book i recommend uh, at least giving a follow on twitter or having a look at some of his artwork because it's great okay thank you plug over humor of the game it was still making both of us laugh yeah yeah throughout. a few times throughout yeah uh, and we didn't play nearly as much of it as we as I would like to to play. I we re- just don't have the time. I really uh, want sometimes to get to the the sword fighting bit, but alas, yeah. I mean, even the first exchange where he's on that clifftop talking to that guy, the the lookout, and the lookout says to him, mm. "Oh, I thought you were a flooring inspector." That really made me laugh. Just simple little line. Yeah, I told you off mic, but the reason why it's called Guybrush, this is another fact drop. So the program they used when they were designing the game, it automatically saved the file extensions as .brush. You know, nowadays we have like .jpg, etc. And mm. they couldn't think of a name for it, so they just called him Guy. So the 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 art for Guybrush was saved as Guy .brush, and they basically they quite liked the name Guybrush, and that that's how his name became Guybrush. But then you said, what about Threepwood? I have no idea where Threepwood came from. That might be something to research if you were so interested. The reason that I asked that was because I'm sure there is a story I'm behind sure a reason. his last name as well. Yeah. It, it's so... I just can't remember what it is. It's so odd yet so specific. There must be a reason. Yeah. Everybody gets it wrong all the way through yeah. the game. Like all the characters get it wrong. They never get his name right. Yeah. Which again is part of the overall humour a mm. tone of the humour that just tickles me. And I think that's what happens with this game. It's not like a... For me, it's not like a Buster Gut laughing. It's like just constantly being tickled in the funny bone. <laughs> yeah. It's it's really... It's just really gentle and nice. You said about it being a bit slow. 
for your taste at the mo- <sighs> these days? I said that, but I th- I'm trying to find negatives with it. And actually, I don't really think it's that slow. No. Well, the reason I bring it up is not necessarily to put you on the spot. It's, it's because we had a conversation off the back of that about what's going on. I mean, what's going on with media anyway and the fact that everything is... When we were younger, you, they would have called it the MTV generation and MTV editing and, and the fact that everything's sort of tense well less than 10 seconds like three seconds yeah smash cuts and things adventure games were like a little bastion i feel in the 90s and for me the early noughties away from all of that stuff and i feel like an adventure game is sort of like reading a book as opposed to watching an action film because the pace is is purposefully slow they're unfolding a story they're not it's not about getting it told in the flashiest brashest way possible in the most in the most sensational jaw-dropping way possible it's all about the story and what happens and just enjoying time with those characters and seeing them get fleshed out and realized and it's exactly that yeah i'm not saying that an action uh, that good action films don't develop their characters or don't do justice to their characters but there is a there is a very different feel to sitting down with a book sitting down with an adventure yeah. game to to sitting down to watch die hard you know mm. They're, they're different they're just different and i am thankful that things like that existed then mm. i wish more of them existed now i wish there was a clamor for time to breathe you know like we're constantly being made to feel like we should have this thing or that thing we're constantly being made to feel like we should we should have seen this film by now mm-hmm. there's always the next big thing around the corner and it's already too late even though it hasn't come out yet i should have watched it already you know there's a rush everyone's in a rush i suppose going back to the first lockdown tiger king that's all that everyone's banging on about and then you know yeah. come may time no one's talking about it at all anyway. Everyone's uh, exactly about it. that, yeah. We're just in so, e- such a rush just to consume things. Tiger King, I feel quite dated. I totally understand what you mean. I mean, the last year's a, a weird thing temporarily anyway, because it just feels like it's gone by in no time at all. But even outside of that, like it, it, just the constant moving forward, no time to think about the things from last week, let alone last year. Yeah. That's how our culture seems to approach media. I feel like adventure games were a bastion against that in the 90s and they could be a bastion for people again yeah. uh, if they were being made in any great number. The special edition version of this game, which came out in July 2009, the special edition was the last time I played this game for about 10 mm, years me ago. Too. And actually there's quite a few significant differences that were added in for the special edition, which mm. I think are notable in itself. So they remastered the art style completely. So it's the exact same game, but it's got these hand-drawn characters with a lot more detail. And one thing I liked, which I was doing tonight, I was trying to stick to the original as much as possible. You mm. press F10 on Steam and you can just switch between the versions completely at any point or at mid-conversation, whatever. Yeah. And it was interesting just seeing from the original how they've changed it. The music was completely remastered. As we mentioned earlier in this episode, it has voice acting as well. It's taken away the verbs at the bottom, so it's more fluid. So if you walk up to a door and click on it, it will automatically, the verb yeah. will change to recognizes open. recognises the... Exactly, which does make it a lot more fluid to play. And the thing that I think... Um, is probably the most remarkable is this hint system where you can press H for hints at any point in the game and it will give you a clue. If you then press it again, it gives you a more heavy clue. If you press it a third time, it then just tells you exactly what to do. And I like mm. the way the hints, well, the first thing the fact is in there. And then secondly, there's differentiation within that. There's two things that I want to pick up on. So the way that works, I still would prefer it if it wasn't in the game, just because I think for me... Maybe just me, but maybe other people as well. I'd be in certain moods or at certain points, I might just not have the patience to yeah, that's fair. noodle out the solution for myself. And so I'll end up bashing through the hints to get to the solution. I like the idea of, so I was playing these in the early 2000s. Uh, I mentioned game FAQs last, year, last week. Having game FAQs on the internet, having access to that, but having that extra step of actually having to go out of game to find the solution if I'm really absolutely stuck yeah that is useful that distance between the game and the solutions was useful to me at least you know well, because it gave it, the time it, to think actually let's give this another try yeah. yeah it's like deleting a file on your computer and the computer goes are you sure yeah that movement that transition from the game to the internet to find the thing is like being asked are you sure you want to do that so that's a minor quibble the second thing coming off the back of that you saying that that's the best thing that the remaster 
does makes me think that I have Mandela affected my memory of the remaster because I actually I had this on the 360 and I thought that there was game commentary like a direct commentary yeah for the second week running we may well have had a Mandela effect there that was definitely available in the second remaster of the second game of the the second game yeah let me just correct you because I'm not having that. It was what? not last week's Hello? Mandela effect thing. Yep. Was Hello? nothing to do. What? what are you doing? I'm pretending that you're not talking, that you're crackling I up can or just something. cut you out. I'll just say it. Like you're going through a tunnel. Last week, last week you were talking bullshit and I was right. The fact that you questioned it, it was wrong. So, right. There okay. you go. This week, it, I'm. I'm quite happy to say I'm wrong, but last week I definitely was correct. Good. So well, there. I, I suppose I was wrong earlier about the whole 30 minutes breathing thing. Oh, yeah. You're wrong a lot. You are wrong a lot. All right. A lot, a lot. <laughs> so we've mentioned in the second half that Ron Gilbert didn't continue with Monkey Island uh, for the third one onwards. Yeah. And he kind of... What did he do? Well, he went off and sort of did more child-friendly games and they started doing the, the Death Bank series which I really enjoyed. Yeah, but there was so many years between this and, and Death Bank. Death Bank was like 2000... That was when we were working yeah, together. Yeah, it was, it was like 2009. Late 2000. Yeah. yeah. So... 20 years between this and that. He, I think he did a lot of edutainment type games. Did he really? I, I didn't so. know that. Like it was, it was definitely games aimed at children, certainly. Or maybe right, child-friendly okay. adventure games. I'm not completely sure. Huh. But okay. I know there was a lot of hoo-ha made um, in the early 2010s when Tim Schafer and Ron Gilbert, they paired up again to make a game called The Cave, which was part platformer, part adventure game. And then later on, sort of about 2017, 2018, Thimbleweed Park, which you've played. Which is very much an adventure game, yeah. A spiritual sequel to Monkey Island in terms, it's it's the exact same art style, it's the same verbs at the corner, the inventory mm. system, and it, it, it looks really nice. But it's again, it's, it's updated that 1990 play style to yeah. a modern game of sensibilities. Again, interesting, the Thimbleweed Park has the hint system built into it. But in that, you have to go to a, a phone and ring a specific number. So going back to what you've said, it does create that barrier. So it's not quite as easy to, uh, yeah. to access. Yeah, and I think that barrier is important. So yeah. Um, kudos for doing that have you played dolores so i'll tell you now i haven't so if you have then don't know i I... played it on switch and i'm i'm not sure if dolores was available on switch or if it was it might have been a free download i can't quite remember dolores is free so you can get it on steam and you can get it on uh, various other places fair enough so you can it's it's like a little continuation of thimbleweed park i don't know how long it is or, or all that much about it to be honest but i know that it exists and it's free so if you're looking for a little taste of adventure adventure gaming then that might be a place to start for yeah that's a really good idea yeah and just my last point about ron gilbert is he does still do things linked to monkey island in october 2020 uh, for the 30th anniversary of monkey island he did a a charity live stream event where he was playing the game and he was showing never before seen art and answering fan Mm. questions and things like that that sounds good did you say i've missed that yes that was a few months ago yeah bloody hell so monkey island has got a fantastic reputation it often appears in you know top games of all time lists or yeah best adventure games right so yeah that's what i was going to say do you think that's deserved i think it's fully deserved yeah as i keep trying to really reinforce i don't have nostalgic attachments to this game and yet going back to it today it was a really nice experience everything about it was really nice and yeah. and i was playing the oldest version that you can get really i can only imagine that when it's been tarted up a little bit it's um even better in fact well, you know it is because i've played the the new version your um, inventory was just words rather than icons it was yeah i didn't even have graphics for yeah. exactly so yeah and and even then it was it was fun to play if you haven't played it you should jump on it now yeah definitely it, it gets the this game where seal of approval yeah seal of approval whatever that is it's dead easy to get as well you can get it off good old games and on steam it's on steam as well lots of places are selling proper copies of this game so go and get it okay thank you for listening so next week it will be ashley's game Uh, we hope you'll join us for that if you've liked what you've heard you can join us on facebook twitter instagram and youtube that's that really yeah it really is the end bye bye (laughs) 